Welcome to Your Mental Breakdown, the podcast where you get to follow along with a client in real therapy sessions. And you'll hear two licensed psychotherapists. That's us. Breaking it down afterwards, so you get a look behind the curtain. In this episode, we pass the month mark of quarantine and reminisce about the rules of games on the playground. In the session, Drew gets raw as we process the emotions that come up around his relationships. In the breakdown, we look at triggers and patterns and the underlying old wounds that we often still carry with us. And if you have a minute, please rate and review our podcast wherever you're listening to it. It helps our visibility and we really want to grow this community and reach more people. Stick around. I am Doug Friedman. And I am Meredith Levy. And this is your Mental Breakdown. Yay. The podcast. Hi, Dougie. <laughs> Hi, Meredith. How are you? <laughs> Every freaking time. Every time. I am as good as one can be. Well, that's not true. Uh, I guess one can be a lot better. I'm doing fine, quote, unquote. <laughs> My favorite word, fine. Right? Yeah, that's why I use it. A little stir crazy, but, you know, we're all right. Yeah. Realized I, I think I've hit the month mark now. Oh, my. No, I'm past the month mark. Yeah, yeah, me too. Wow, I have no sense of time anymore. So I think it was March 13th, 17th. What's the official? Hold on, I got to look it up. I can tell you. Friday the 13th. Yeah, the 13th. But so officially, like, no no longer going to work Monday the 16th is when I consider it from happening. But sure. Wow. Whatever it is, it's been a long fucking time, I'll tell you that. And so, yeah, we have um, Dougie's Facebook Live now and my blog on the website. So I'm sure you guys have heard us talk some already about Corona and we're not going to really focus on it during our podcast because... There's enough focus on it in the world, but also like we can't not acknowledge it. I mean, it's happening. It's part of our lives every day. Yeah. And will be for probably quite a while. Maybe. I'm thinking optimistically. <laughs> well, you know, and sometime in the future when the Pacific Northwest has seceded from the Union and the, the Eastern states have become their own nation state. <laughs> right? We'll look back on this moment in history. <laughs> Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. Actually, what I was thinking is um, there are some good things have come out of this. Rekindled with some people and I started running, which really just means yesterday and today. <laughs> Inspired by two of my colleagues. Thanks, uh, Mary and Katrine. Thanks a lot. I'm in so much pain right now. Not a natural born runner, but hey, thought I'd give it a shot. It's funny. I never really connected this because I grew up playing sports and our coach for soccer would run us all the time. Like all practices were running, right? Conditioning. I mean, not all they were, but a great majority of the time was spent running. And our team was one of the best conditioned teams out there and didn't dawn on me till later. Like I don't enjoy running, just like running laps or running around something, but put me on a field in a sport and I can run miles, Really? you know? Oh, yeah. Wow. Like, I mean, the positions I played in, in soccer and lacrosse, you're constantly running and constantly moving for, you know, an hour of game. That's running for an hour. That's a lot. Yeah. So like you're like running with right? a purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And it was fun. And I guess, you know, a lot of people that run now, I, I don't know how you guys do it, but a lot of people wear headphones. We didn't really have that when we were younger. I mean, we had like- Yes, the, we did. And we're not from fucking 1930. Of course we had headphones. We had no, our no, Walkman no. I, with our cassettes. <laughs> Remember our Discman? Yeah, but they were they were big and clunky. Like I mean, now you can just put it on your phone. You don't even have to have your phone in your hand. You can you can be all Bluetoothy and and it's just not very cumbersome, but it was back then. I mean, it was tough. It was like having your Batman utility belt just to go run around the block. Dude, I hear you. I used to run where I lived in the Hollywood Hills. You remember I used to run on Mulholland with my disc man. I remember it very oh, yeah. well thinking I'm probably going to get hit and killed on Mulholland, but whatever. <laughs> Did you? 
No, but I think <laughs> I told you guys, did I one that I fell out of the car once? I think I did when we were driving on Mulholland when I was four. Wait, what? You fell out of the out car? Out of the car. Oh, at four years at old. At four years old. What? Yeah. What happened? My housekeeper was driving and it was like in the seventies and I went to roll down the window, but it was that kind of car door that when you pull the handle up, it just pops open the door from back in the day. And oh, of right. course I didn't have a seatbelt right. on and I uh, just, uh, you know, fell out. And, um, luckily we were driving so that I fell into the side of the mountain, not off the mountain, but yeah, Jeez. I know. Luckily I was okay. Just another one of those fucking weirdest things that happens to me. You must've not been going very fast, but either way, I mean, at four years old, I mean, I'm sure you bounced yeah. quite a bit. Resilient, super <laughs> resilient. A little more pliable when we're. <laughs> oh right, God. Can right. you imagine? Right. It's like the difference between skateboarding when you're a little kid and skateboarding now. Oh man. Way too well, I was thinking I was talking high. to somebody recently about snowboarding snowboarding now no chance like i, I mean i fall down once i i, I don't even know how i would get back up <laughs> and some of the things i did like in my early 20s on a snowboard i just wrecked my tailbone oh any of that now and i'm i'm, I'm not walking for like two weeks forget it dude i mean I, the way i feel after running today and yesterday i might not walk for two weeks so you know <laughs> what we're trying to say is that we're so old JK, we're not. And out of shape. <gasps> no, we're not. And don't run. We're both in shape. <laughs> Although mine's more like a pear shape. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I will tell you, we mentioned it somewhere. I think I, I got a tetherball set during this quarantine and that shit is some hard work. Oh yeah. That is serious exercise. <laughs> I am not kidding. Especially when you're playing by yourself. That's right. Oh yeah. You go back and forth. Well, I love you playing with your sister's dog. I think that video is up on the blog. Yep, you guys, that was great. It's a great one. Great one. Natural born tetherball player. I used player. to love, love tetherball as a kid, like the playground and you had playground rules. So there was this thing you could do where you take the ball in your hand and instead of hitting it, like punching it, you just throw it, but you could like spin it around and you could do it so high on the pole that it just wraps Oh my God, that's what my nephew's one, been doing. Like, that is what he's been doing. And it's, right, I'm right. like, it's not fun. You win. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is it against you, the you rules? Gotta, you got to tap rules. It's like, you remember handball when you run to the, to the board or the court, whatever it was, and you'd have to tap like, uh, no slices, no, no water slides, no, no slices. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Water I'm buying falls, a fucking handball. You guys were. hold on while I go on Amazon real quick and order a handball. <laughs> That's amazing. I remember getting so frustrated that sometimes when we play handball for a recess or whatever it was, they would bring out the giant rubber ball. The red one. Like, That's a four square ball. That's not a hound ball. The, the handball. Yeah, but the handball, we had different size balls. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> you know, you have the little the little tiny ones that were not much bigger than, you know, your foot. And then there were the medium ones, which were the handball ones. Then you had the giant four square ones that you you couldn't even bear hug around like they were huge huh you don't remember those i do but i thought those were the handballs maybe i'm gonna look them up i'll let you guys know how it goes yeah what was the the like i think it was there was the ruled pink elephants like where if you were first in line you could walk across the board in front oh my god uh just to like kill time but if you got hit by the ball <gasps> you'd have to go to the end of the line yeah this is all coming back to me yeah good times Love me some handball. We got to we got to look at some handball rules. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, nowadays, <laughs> I don't know that we're ever going to be able to play handball again unless we like soap up the ball. Oh, sad. Do it now before the laws change. Before they ban <laughs> any activity that requires interaction. Or touching. Or touching. So, so where are we with Drew Drew? Well, it's funny because the, the episode coming up, I think we finally get into some stuff that's it reminded me of, you know, talking about a lot of what we were doing so far. You and I were breaking it down and going, well, it's a little early for that. Oh, we can't do that yet. Yeah. And this session, we actually got to go into some emotional, vulnerable places. And we have the kind of relationship and trust that we could do that now. Right. And it was really pretty powerful. We'll let you guys listen to it. But if you're just joining us, Drew's been looking at recently his relationship and things in the relationship are triggering him. And he's realizing it's a lot of unresolved stuff from relationships he's had in his family. And that stuff is coming up now and he's not running from it. He's actually starting to look at it and process it. And some of that comes up here. So have a listen and we'll be back with you in a little bit. Bye. Bye. 
Yeah, how you doing? All right. Yeah. Okay. Are you sure about that? <laughs> I think I think so. What's going on? I think so. I you know I don't know. I have no idea what's really going on. I just uh, I feel like it's the same struggle different day. Hmm. And like uh, I feel like Mondays are usually like worse for some reason. I don't know. I just feel like whenever I feel really shitty, it's Mondays. And it's like coming out of the weekend and then going back into work. And like, it's not, I don't really think it has anything to do with work. I think it's just like my mind sits for the weekend. And then like Sunday nights when my mind really starts going again. And then Monday mornings when it's just like fucked up. I feel like something always ha- like it's always like these little things that keep happening that trigger bigger things. And so um, again, going back to girlfriend, because I think that's where my like that's where my head's at, you know. And um, her friend passed away a little while ago, about a month ago. Mm. And like we talked about it, and like I didn't really think too much of it. You know, I was like, I'm so sorry, like that sucks. And then um, I, I'm talking to her, and uh, and she's like bawling, crying. I'm like, what is going on? Like, what happened? And uh, come to find out the guy that passed away, she dated for a while. And so I don't know if it was like me thinking, it's not like she lied to me, but she didn't tell me the whole truth. Right. And so it's like, well, what else aren't you telling me the whole truth about? Mm. You know, and so like now my mindset's more of like distancing myself from it versus trying to like fix it. Because I don't even know what to fix. Yeah. And and look, before we go to, well, what does distancing yourself mean and why? And let's just pause that stuff and go with all right well what happened to you what was your experience what were you feeling i just felt super scared i mean i I, i'm like like even right now i'm super scared and i'm very um i have no idea what's really going on i can't grasp it so it's a lot of more just not knowing what's going on and i feel like whenever i try and talk to her and like a, this is how I'm feeling this is why I'm feeling this way it always leads up to defensiveness and like an argument on both mm. ends like I'm so over that and like I'm I don't know I guess I've just been more thinking like pros and cons on like our relationship and like where am I and like I don't think I'm in like a good mindset as it is and like this is just adding so much more that it's just like I don't even know if it's worth it anymore and like that sucks I don't know what the flip side of that is Almost every sentence that you said starts with, I don't know. Yeah. So there's that idea of uncertainty that we've talked about before. Mm -hmm. Before we figure out what you're doing with the relationship. Yeah. Let's figure out what's happening for you. Mm -hmm. This uncertainty. Mm -hmm. This not knowing. And again, before you go off on the, what else don't I know about her? Yeah. Am I even in a place where I can be like, whoa. Yeah. Bring it back. Mm -hmm. This uncertainty feels... Don't just say shitty. Yeah. What is that? What's um, going on for you? I mean, you said scared. Yeah, it, feel, it feels lonely. You know, I, I feel like I'm very isolated. Yeah. And I don't really know who to talk to it about. Because like, I, don't, I don't have, like, that support system down here. And, like, I can't talk to my parents about it because they don't know the full story. And I, it's just not, I'm not emotionally ready to dive into everything. You know, What's I, everything? What do you mean by Like, that? the full story of, like, our entire relationship. Because there's so much more to it than just a guy that passed away and now I'm freaking out. And I think there's so much more that has to do with it, with me and my family, that I don't, I don't even know how the two connect, but I know they do somehow. Well, let's, let's look at that for a minute. Let's, let's, if yeah. you want yeah. to, let's jump in. Yeah. No, yeah, I know. Yeah. You. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do, I do, I do. Let's go, let's go. And the reason... I see this as a, as a place for us to jump in. It's because you're just talking about, you know, I have no one really to talk to about what's going on with my girl and, and this and that. You know, and there's more to it. Mm-hmm. There's Because there's family stuff. Of course there's more. Yeah. You know, you, your brain is looking for, where have I connected this before? Mm-hmm. And if we just look at, all right, well, where have I felt uncertain before? And what's popping up with the uncertain, I need reassurance. There's a definite sense of uncertainty scared not okay this is our chance to dig mm-hmm. well let's find out why yeah where's the heart of that i don't really know where it comes from i think the majority of my f- overall feeling is if i'm connecting the two is it kind of plays into last week how we we're talking about like my movie and like her movie mm-hmm. and all i want is for her to be able to understand where I'm coming from and she's just not and I can't force it and I feel like that was kind of the same thing with my mom to where like I tried mm-hmm. to tell her what was going on I tried to tell her how I was feeling and then after a while it just kind of like 
I distanced myself. I shut down and I was like, okay, if this is how it is, I don't want to be a part of it, then okay. This is how it is, meaning what? This is your choice, not mine. My mom drinking and going out and doing her thing and like crazy. I just thought about this. I went over to her house and there was a Tito's bottle of vodka sitting right next to her her counter. Mm. It's exactly what my mom used to do. Like wow. it, like to the same bottle, to leaving the cap exactly where it was, like, like to the T. Wow. And, and I was like, I'm like, it's no different. I don't care where you're drinking out of. Like, it's no different. I didn't even really think twice about that. Until now. Until now. Yeah. What do you think now? I just see patterns, you know, and like, I'm really scared to like have her go down the same path that I've already seen. And I can't stop it. Like, there's nothing I can do to be like, no, don't do this. Essentially, you're saying, I don't feel safe. Mm -hmm. I saw that bottle of vodka with the cap in the same place it was before. Reminded me of my mom. I see a pattern. I don't feel safe. Yeah. And it's it's an I don't feel safe that's a couple decades old. Mm -hmm. So I, I wonder if, in a sense, we, we take that. We can do two things with that. We can take that and we can look at it mm -hmm. and see what it was for you as a kid to be expressing yourself to your mom this way, mm -hmm. telling her what you were thinking, what you were feeling, how it was affecting you, and to essentially be told, well, that doesn't matter. You don't matter because I'm going to do this anyway. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. We can look at that and we can uncover that because there's there's some hurt and invalidation there and there's some repair we can do there. Yeah, for sure. But we need to express it. First. Mm -hmm. The other side of that is going, oh, well, I have an opportunity. Like there's a pattern. There's I have an opportunity and girlfriend different than my mom. Yeah. So can I practice? Yeah. You said, I don't even know if I should stay in this relationship right now. Well, here's an opportunity to practice that same thing mm -hmm. that didn't go well with mom. Mm -hmm. And let me see how I do it here. Yeah. Might still not go well, but right. it's up to how you're approaching and how you're thinking it. Yeah. We think. Yeah. That. Yeah. I mean, like, I like the practice thing because it's not, it's not running away from it, you know, which is like my first gut instinct is like, this is where I'm at. Uh, I've been here before. I'm mm -mm, done. And my other side to that is, I just don't think I'm getting what I, what I need from this relationship. Mm -hmm. And even if I do try it, I feel like I feel like I'm a little kid again, you know, mm -hmm. and, and like the way I'm going to go about it and like approaching it and like the way I would talk to her about it, it'd be like I was talking to my mom and like, I don't want that. Yeah. How is that that way? You said it's being a little kid again. Yeah. I think it's very needy and, mm -hmm. and I want to say scattered. It, it would be a time where I just kind of throw it all out there and hope to get something back. Not necessarily like a, a methodical, logical conversation and be very emotional. Then I'll get all wrapped up in that emotion. I'll think about something and kind of how we talk about it. And then I'll go home and try and like express it to her. I'm like, hey, I made some great progress. This is how I'm feeling. This is what's going on. Hmm. And then it almost leads to an argument in the sense of like, there's always a rebuttal. There's there's always something to say. There's never a, okay, I understand. I love you. It's going to be okay. There's always like, a, oh, well, if you, if you would have done, if you didn't do, if you would have... You know, and it's like, that's not what I, I don't want to have this conversation. I'm so tired of having those conversations because I've had it my entire life. Yeah. And like, now it's just like, all I need is for her to sit there, tell me she loves me. Like, that's it. You know, I don't need an hour long conversation. I don't want to have an hour long conversation. I just, I want to tell you how I feel. And that's it. Yeah. And have that be okay. Yeah. Have that be heard. And to me, the most important is have that be validated. Yeah. A lot of what, it sounds like you're saying like, well, it should have, it should have, is invalidating what I'm feeling, telling me feel differently right. in a sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I try to, you know, I try and feel differently, but it's like, maybe I'm just crazy. Well, I, I will never ask you to feel different. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I think that's, that's incorrect. Yeah. Where the feelings are coming from are certain thoughts. Mm -hmm. And if we can check the thoughts and test them, you know, like we talked about looking at those ways of thinking about things. Right. 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 And, really check it out and see like, wait, is this way of thinking accurate? No. Is it helpful? No. Okay. Well, let me try to change the way I'm thinking about this. Yeah. Then maybe I'll feel differently. Yeah. It's a really hard thing to do because yeah. the feelings can be overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And then we create that negative loop. And if somebody's sitting there going, no, don't feel that way. It's really hard to do some of the work that you're doing with somebody that's not doing work on themselves. Right. You know, it's not impossible. It's just hard. Yeah. Because what you're looking for is some understanding that you're trying to work some stuff out. Like, oh, here's what came up today. 
you know, and, and when I saw that bottle of vodka, it just clicked for me. My mom had the same, same Tito's bottle, mm-hmm. cap in the same place. Mm-hmm. And I just became a scared little kid. Yeah. I mean, saying that I think would be so liberating. Mm-hmm. I think, and I, I see it in your eyes even now, yeah. like there's a fear and there's yeah. a, a longing because I know I'm not going to say that to girlfriend because she'll jump all over me for that. Right. Well, I'm not your mom. Right. Why are you, you know, man up. It's just vodka. I just took a shot. Like a, yeah. any of that. Mm-hmm. And it will miss the crux of, I was a scared little kid when I saw that. Yeah. Well, and like the other thing too with that is like, after I saw that with my mom, that's when I started like snooping and like going to the cabinets, finding out what else was going on, like kind of behind both their backs. So like, I don't even think my parents know I've seen like most of the stuff I've seen and, and to the degree I saw it. I'm like now knowing that girlfriend dated this guy for a while, like on and off for like a couple of years. It was mm-hmm. a much bigger situation than I originally thought. Totally. Especially because like we were at dinner and he he was FaceTiming her and she just flipped her phone over and kind of like brushed it off. Right. And I was like, what the fuck is that? And she's like, no, it's just a friend. Don't worry about it. Like, all good. And I really trusted her on that because like that was like the first real situation where something like that happened. Mm-hmm. And like now all my brain wants to think about is let me see your Instagram. Let me see your text. Let me, what's really going on? Well, that that's the uncertain and unsafe and that scared little kid. Yeah. You know, when we talked about little Drew mm-hmm. a while back, mm-hmm. right? This is who we're talking about. This is who you became. Yeah. I'm not safe. You know, and why I say that it's okay that it's not okay. Well, this is a case where it's not okay that it's not okay. And let's move to your mom. Yeah. Because that, what you're talking about is I'm seeing bottles of alcohol. You know, I'm seeing shit I shouldn't be seeing as a kid. Mm -hmm. And nobody's doing anything about it. That's creating a sense of panic for you, a sense of not safe and hypervigilance of I need to do something. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing dad's not listening. Brother's not listening. You know, you might have at some point stopped talking to them about it. Certainly when your brother was like, if you go out there, I'm done. Yeah. You know, yeah. what's coming up as we're talking about it this way? I just feel super lonely. You know, I feel like I'm doing this all by myself. And like, that, it's just the hardest part. Like I have nobody to go to and like, I can't talk to my dad about it. I can't talk to my mom about it. I haven't talked to my brother in years. So no one I'm talking to him about it. You know, I was just with my boys all weekend and like, they have no idea where I'm at or what I'm going through. And like, it's just, it's the understanding that like I'm lacking right now and no, like nobody understands. And like that's just the scariest part, because hmm. like no nobody in my life can understand what I'm going through. Well, one person, yeah, at least, yeah, maybe one and a half. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm the one. Mm-hmm. You know who the half is? Mm-hmm. Who else is in here? <laughs> it's you. Yeah, you know, there's a couple versions of you mm-hmm. right now that are battling. There's your adult self, semi-adult, yeah. still a punk ass kid. Right? <laughs> And there's the little version of you. There's the wounded kid. There's the scared kid. That's what got triggered and who came out. And there's, you know, we talk about the Yoda voice and like, what does that sound like? And and all that. You have that. I'm giving it a half right now because it's not very well developed. It hasn't really been nurtured. And that little kid is coming out fucking scared, totally lonely. You know, who's in this with me? And who do I express this to? And, you know, we need... Some reassurance, if you, as you've said before a few times, right? Yeah. And at the very least, we need some validation, right? Let's try to do that. We got to hit this because there's this is an old wound that you've yeah. had for a long time, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the scariest way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I don't even know. You know, I'm just I'm just a wreck, honestly. Yeah, I don't I don't even know. I have no idea. Start with what's going on right now, because you look like you're starting to get emotional and you're almost fighting off. Like, I just don't know. I don't care if you know. I don't care if it comes out scattered, like you say sometimes. I I just question myself that is any of this even worth it? You know, like the the day to day struggle, the the emotional toll that it's taking on me right now. I don't know if this is worth it. But then I try and think like rationally and like logically make a plan. Okay, just go execute the plan. Stay to it. You'll be fine. And then I don't have a plan, you know, and then I'm completely lost. And then I have nobody to tell me it's going to be okay. I have nobody to to help me with my plan. I, you know, I I feel like I reach out to help to, like, other people. And even then, I feel like 
it just doesn't really matter. Yeah, you'll get through it. You'll be all right. Don't worry. You'll be fine. What do you mean it doesn't matter? People try and make it okay, and they're not down to go through it with me. Mm-hmm. And that's the hardest part. But I feel like I've been going through this my entire life, and, like, nobody's ever walked, walked it with me. They've yeah. just kind of looked at it from the outside and been like, ah, just keep going. It'll be okay. Just get through it. Just yeah. endure it. Just yeah. suck it up. Yeah. Just keep working. Keep mm-hmm. doing Keep your mind busy. Go back to work. Keep doing what you're doing. It'll be okay. Yeah. When you say, I don't even know if it's worth it. You're talking about the relationship? You're talking about life in general? Oh. Both. Now, I thought about it really long and hard yesterday. And it's not like a suicide thing. Because, like, I could never. Like, I, I know I could never. But crawling up and, and going back up to Canada in a little cabin in the woods sounds really nice right about now. Because then I don't have to deal with any of this. You know, I, I just, I don't have to deal with it. Yeah. And that's what I just, I'm so overdoing with it. Well, I'll tell you a couple of things. I see that you're exhausted, that you're emotional, right? Yeah. That, that's coming out, you know? Mm-hmm. You can let it out. I see you tearing up. You yeah. can let it stream. Yeah. You know? I mean, what you're talking about is I just want to fucking be done, give up, because I'm so alone in this. Yeah. Nobody's going through it with me. I can't do it on my own. And I hear that. I see that. I feel that. Mm-hmm. It's not just because it's my job. It's, it is. But this is, you know, you are incredibly vulnerable in walking through this stuff. And it's a beautiful thing. It's scary as all hell. It's also beautiful because it's healing. Yeah. I can see it coming out when it's inside. That's when it eats you up. And yeah. it will follow you to Canada, brother. Yeah. Then I don't have to deal with it. <laughs> Bullshit, dude. Yeah. So we'll deal with it now. And I, you are not alone. There's one and a half mm-hmm. going with you. Yeah. I'm the one, you're the half. I would love to get to the place where you're the one and I'm the half. Yeah. You know, we'll build that in you. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm here, we're doing this. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at you and, man, I, I, I see that kid. I feel like a kid. It's okay. Yeah. It will be. Yeah, I know that, but it's just it like, is, it's okay to be a kid, man. I, I just have too many people rely on me at this point in my life to be able to break down. And it's just like, I should have dealt with all of this like years ago. Yeah, you didn't. And you're here. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. And, and like going back to girlfriend real quick. So I'm thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I think where my head's at is that she's just better off without having to deal with me right now. And that I'd be doing her a favor by walking away. And she hasn't said anything to, like, not do that. For sure she's going through her own shit. Yeah. And for sure you can help take care of her. Yeah. And that's a great way to not take care of yourself. Yeah. Right? Take care of others. Then you don't have to worry about me. Right? We're not going to do that right now. Your relationship will be what it is right now. Might be some practice, and we can use that. Might be take some time, part. We can do that, too. Might not have to make any decisions about it right now because you realize, yeah, as you said, I'm a wreck. I don't think you're a wreck. I think you're raw. I think this stuff is coming up. And what you need is that validation and reassurance. What you need is what's actually true now that wasn't true 20 minutes ago. It's okay that it's not okay. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Now we're getting to that point. Yeah. You believe that? Yeah. How do you believe that? Yeah. Um, I said the opposite 20 minutes ago. <laughs> um, I think it's more so just understanding, like, for myself that, like, I've been here before, you know, and I think by being here before, I'm more prepared for it than anyone. And it's okay. You know, I've been through this shit before. This is nothing that's, like, brand new. Oh, my God, I've never, I've never even thought about this before. It's like, okay, I've been here. I've done this. I know what's going on. It sucks, but I've been here. And that's okay. You're shrugging like, eh, it's okay, whatever. It's not a whatever. Yeah. Convince yourself that it's okay if you believe that. Yeah. How is that okay? I don't know. It's not. Good. Because that's for you true right now. It's yeah. In that context, it's, it's not okay yeah. to just, in a sense, because what you were saying and what you're psyching yourself up for is more, yeah, suck it up. You've been here. Don't worry about it. You'll get through it. I'll tell you something. You haven't been here before in terms of being this vulnerable and open and talking to somebody with whom you're walking through and understanding and healing raw it's going to come to the surface 
and we're doing it. Mm -hmm. That's what makes it okay. Yeah. So the part where you go, I've been here, it's okay. I, I would feel much more comfortable. Yeah. Not that you have to make me comfortable, <laughs> right? If you took a, an idea of, I haven't been through it this way, where somebody actually listens to me and I get to say this and I get to really feel this way and maybe start to understand it yeah. and maybe figure it out and maybe heal. Yeah. And that lets me know it will be okay. Those are just my words. I want to hear your no, words. I agree. You know, I, I think it is a lot more raw and I can actually feel it now because I'm dealing with it and walking through it versus what I just said like 30 seconds ago. But I don't think that changes how I feel. Hmm. You know, I, yeah, it, it's different, but it's exactly the same. You know, and like, I think it's more so ever now that I'm feeling these things because I am dealing with it. And I never have before. Mm. That makes it so much worse. Mm. Because like, these are little things. Like in the grand scheme of life, like these are really small things that got really big because I never dealt with it. Totally. You know? And so like now these little things that are happening to me now are huge, like huge things, but they're still small things. And that's the part that like, I don't understand that. Like why, like mentally, why can't I understand I, I just don't trust anything, like anything right now. I think a big part of that is that you haven't yet. Can you hit a baseball? Yeah. You hit a 90-mile-an-hour baseball? Yeah. No shit. Yeah, I played baseball for 17 years. Motherfucker. <laughs> You're just blowing my analogy, asshole. <laughs> Can you hit Mariana Rivera's cutter? No. Okay. <laughs> Can you hit 90 miles an hour right now? Oh, shit, probably not. Right. Yeah. Okay. Better example. Right. Mariano's busy. He got into the Hall of Fame. He's right doing his own thing. Um, if you wanted to hit a 90 mile an hour fastball, what are you going to do? Practice. Yeah. Go to the cages. Maybe start at 70, where I'd be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then work up to 80, yeah. where I wouldn't be. Yeah. Then get into 90. Right. That's what we're doing, man. Yeah. You can't expect. To walk like right now, go to Yankee Stadium and step in on Mariano. Yeah. I don't care if he's old and retired. <laughs> yeah. You're not gonna fucking touch him. Not gonna happen. Yeah. Not by a mile. Yeah. So this is what we're doing. Some of this is practice. Right. It's getting some reps in. Right. You know, this is new. Yeah. You haven't had this experience. So what do we do? Yeah. We go to the cage and hit 70 for a little while. You're going to foul a couple of those off too. Yeah. You know, yeah. You're not going to go line drives all the time. You're out of practice. Yeah. This is brand new. This is like if you went and played cricket. I don't even understand the rules. Yeah. Game, so we'd be both lost. Right, yeah. man? Yeah. I do know this. I know what we're doing here. Yeah. You don't yet. Trust me. I trust you that we're going to walk this path. Yeah. This is how we're doing it. Yeah. I, I think I'm just scared that. I'm afraid of making mistakes in my real life world, you know, because like in here, yeah, I could tell you anything. Mm -hmm. But as soon as I step out and like, go over to girlfriend that's tonight, I'm going to want to shut down and not even talk to her, you know, because like I, there's so much that I want to talk to her about mm. that I don't know how to talk to her about it, that I just don't want to say anything in fear of making a mistake, in fear of saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. I love that you just said that because that's honest mm -hmm. it's very kind i think because it's going here's where i'm at and it might be necessary for you because without it we shut down yeah you know i don't want to shut down there's a lot i want to say to you there's a lot i'm just trying to figure out maybe some i don't need to say to you i don't know i'm not good at this i just know there's a lot going on and i'm afraid to say the right thing or the wrong thing and I don't want to shut down. That's where I'm at. I'm just super emotional right now. Yeah, but and then she's going to ask me, well, why? And I'm going to be like, well, you lied to me about your friend. Okay, well, before we go into that piece, yeah. I'm super emotional right now. I mean, you are super emotional. Yeah. You weren't when you first walked in, yeah. or at least you were holding it together. Why do you think, you and me talking, yeah. why do you think you're emotional right now? I'm just overwhelmingly scared. You know, and I think, I think I hold it in so much that I don't know how to let it out. Even here, like I don't. I'm scared of reality, like being true. 
you know, like if I can just mask it and move on, then like tomorrow when I wake up and drink my cup of coffee, it'll be okay. It's a new day. It's a new start. Which we know it won't. Right. That's just the masking we've talked about. Yeah. So I'm scared of what being true. I think right now in this moment, I'm scared that there's more to what girlfriend specifically hasn't told me. And knowing what that could look like is what I'm afraid of. Okay, that sensation of what that could look like. Yeah. You're pulling a frame of reference from something. Yeah. Right? Because it's yeah. not just like, no, I don't know what that'll look like. Let me see what happens. It's, no, I, I recognize this. Yeah. What's that piece? It's all my past relationships, every single one of them. You know, and I feel like on a trust level, I'm really good at giving trust until you do something to to change that. Like, it's just a succession of, like, these, like, things that are, like, adding up. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm just kind of letting it go because I'm so afraid of confronting it that she'll just get up and leave or not want to have the conversation. And then I just feel like a fucking idiot sitting there in my own sorrow that it's like, well, okay. Yeah. Cause like she hasn't validated anything that I've like talked to her about, you know, she just blows it off. Like it's nothing. And she's, it's just, it is nothing to her. Like it's, it's nothing. And it, it might be nothing. It might not be. We don't know. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. Don't know. Right. That's secondary to what's happening to you, what's coming up for you. Every relationship I've been in, easy for me to give trust, but I've had my trust burned. Every time. Every time. Yeah. yeah. And I feel stupid for that. Yeah. Feel and small. Small. Like, I don't matter. Yeah. You know, like, did they even see me in the first place? Right. Am I deserving? Am I of value? Am I lovable at all? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Am I just a fool? How is that hearing that from me? Sounds like truth. It's exactly how I feel. It's weird, though, because you don't look weak when you say that. Yeah, I almost find strength in it, Hmm. you know, and just the the knowing. You know, it's like, yeah, okay, let's go get it then. Like, let's buy on to the next one. You know, if that's how you feel, cool, but at least tell me. You know, it's the not knowing that's like, it's just fucking driving me crazy. Yeah. And, and there's a step that I see the strength in, which is when I was saying these things and I'm clocking how <laughs> your face looks and how it feels, you know, yeah. and when you said, yeah, it's truth. Yeah. When I said it didn't look weak, I was like, yeah, because I see strength yeah. in you as I was saying that. And so when I get to say what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking mm-hmm. and speak my truth, yeah, there's a strength in that. Yeah. Because as you said, if that's, my fear is true, mm-hmm. I've spoken it, it's confirmed, yeah, I'm out of there. Yeah. So even that worst case scenario, there's strength in it, <laughs> but there's a rawness to you right now and a vulnerability that is such incredible strength, right? We've talked about vulnerability before. Mm-hmm. I think there's something about recognizing where you are right now, because you're going to see her tonight. Yeah. You are raw. Yeah. You're not going to be unraw in the next hour. It's not going to happen. If we make it about her, she'll defend. Right. And then by virtue, offend. Yeah. What can we do? I think what I want to do, and I don't know if it's right or not, is just kind of be like, yo, I'm raw right now. I don't know what I want to tell you. I have a lot to tell you. I I don't know what I'm going to tell you. Mm -hmm. I can't talk about it right now. I'm going to be okay, but I just need to not talk about it soon. But, like, I don't know if that's going to help anything. You know, I don't know if that's going to help how I feel. I don't know if that's going to let me go to sleep. I have no idea how to kind of just deal with this, go to sleep, wake up, still deal with it, give it a couple of days, and then talk about it. What is it? Is it being raw? Or is it that I don't know where you stand? I don't know about our trust issue? I don't know. Okay. So that piece will unfold. The raw, I'm just going, hey, I'm raw. Yeah. When you're raw, what do you need? Do you need to be left alone? Do you need to be held? Do you need reassurance? Do you need alcohol? It's funny. I I was thinking about this on the way over here. That's crazy. I need to tell people that I need space and for them to still come. That's, That's what I need. Oh, yeah. I need to push them away and still have them tell me they love me. 
it's a tough thing, man, because it's, I want to feel valued. I want to feel needed. I want to be seen. Yeah. But I'm going to climb and back into my retreat, into my shell. Yeah. But your job is to come get me. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Good safe though for me. You know, as soon as I tell you I don't need you, that's when I'm like, okay, I got this. And then when they come, it feels even better because, like, okay, cool. We're good. I know we're good. Yeah. What if you name that process? How? I don't know. That's not true. I actually do know because I hear this a lot. But you know, let's think about that for a second. Yeah. You know what I mean? That process is yeah. that retreating back into my shell. And I mean, in a sense, you said it by saying, you know, I I have a lot I want to tell you. Don't yeah. know. I don't want to do that right now. You know, in a sense, you're saying I really want to be seen and be heard, but kind of my protective instinct yeah. is to run and hide. You know, so some version of just saying that that's my process. My process is I want to run and hide. Mm-hmm. I don't really want that. Yeah. I want to say I'm fine and put on this shell and I'm not. Yeah. And like you said, I know I'll be okay, which I believe is true now. Yeah. It didn't an hour ago. There's a way to say I'm going through this process right now. Here it is. Yeah. At least you and me saying it, at least you being able to say it, we cannot control how she's going to take it or what she'll do with it. But that strength that I saw in you a few minutes ago yeah. came from speaking truth. So let's yeah. go through, you know, what would it sound like? Yeah, something along the line of, and I, I think the way I would say it, if it was right, I'm trying to put myself in front of her. It would be like, yo, this doesn't sound kind of fucked up. But when I get like this, I need to tell you that I need space and you to not give me space. And she's going to be like, well, what does that mean? And I'm going to be like, well, I need to tell you that I'm okay and, and that everything's hunky-dory and you need to see through that. I just feel like that's a lot to put on somebody's shoulders. You know, I, I Let her decide that. It's a okay. responsibility. You know? Sure. Because she's maybe going to hear that and go, okay, so you're going to tell me that you want me to stay away, but you really don't. Yeah. Okay, well, if I don't just leave you alone and I do come to you, then what do I do? Then what do you need? Nothing. Just be there with me. I, again, I think it's, uh, I need to tell you that I'm okay when I'm really not. And I just need you to sit with me. Don't need you to talk about it with me. Don't need you to figure it out. Don't need you to defend yourself or explain yourself. Right. Even though you want that. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need that. Yeah. I just need you to acknowledge that I'm going through something, that I'm going to say I'm okay and I'm not, and you're here. It's going to feel strong like I saw in you a little while ago. Yeah. What do you think? I think you're right. I'm going to be super raw, especially on the way home, because I'll be alone. You know, so that's that's when I'm really going to, like, think about everything. And so I, I'm definitely going to talk to her. You know, I, I just don't know how long that conversation is going to be. And I don't think I want it to be very long. I think I just want it to be short and sweet. This is where I'm at, struggling. Be okay, just, you know, and that's it. And that's all, that's all I want to say. That's all it needs to be with her right now. And in that, there's no big decisions of, do I stay in this relationship or not? Do I just pack my shit and go home? Do I just just be right now? Yeah. Gone just, through enough. Yeah, yeah. Right? I just need to be, yeah. 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 Breathe. Yeah. And remember, this is new for you. Right. We talk about having compassion for yourself. Yeah. Well, you know? even even just beans new. You know, because I've always done one or the other, just doing, like, just sitting in it. I've never done that. And so like, I'm I'm almost, like, sickly excited to do that. Because I've, I've never done it. So, see what happens. That's half hour ago when I said, I'm excited that you're, you yeah. know, it sounded like an asshole. <laughs> that. That's what you just said. Yeah. I'm excited to sit in this. Yeah. This is what this is, man. Right. Right? This is where healing takes place yeah we get raw before we get there sometimes but you know and i i see i mean your face looks different than when you first walked yeah, in i feel we, different yeah you look at we let a little bit out we get a little bit of understanding we connect with somebody that hears us that sees us and we have the experience of expressing that feels good yeah yeah we'll keep doing this man oh yeah you're doing great man appreciate you Welcome back. Yeah. 
I always say that, but they never went I anywhere. I know, it's true. But we did, sort of. Welcome us back. Hello. Yeah, we're back. So that was... That got deep. That was chock full of emotion and juiciness. Drew got emo mm. and it was good. It was interesting. Yeah. One of the first things. So do you guys always meet on Mondays? Because when he started, he said he was noticing that Mondays are often really shitty and that his mind sits for the weekend and that Sunday night, then it really starts to like get going. And then Mondays he finds himself to be really fucked up. Right. Right. Um, and I was thinking, God, how many people can relate to that yeah, Garfield yeah. fucking life, you know? Do you remember <laughs> Garfield hated Mondays? Absolutely. And the old uh, had a case of the Mondays. I mean, a lot of people are like that. Totally. It's rough. And, and you know, <laughs> Drew and I actually never meet on Mondays. He was just kind of relating like what the week's like, because it's a week since we see each other. So, you know, we'll go into how was your week. And for him, oh. it was, you know what he was recognizing is the weekend oh. might be pretty good, but then the ramp Got up it. and where okay. he, where he sees like all this yeah. stuff, you know, in fact, I don't know my boomtown rats, but I think it was like a, there's a chip in your head that switches, you know, and it's, it's true for a lot of people. And I remember that life too, of having a great weekend and then, oh man. And now it's even started Sunday night, Sunday night, I was starting to get anxious and bummed that it was almost Monday and Monday I had to go back to school or later it was back yeah. to work. Saturday night, and, it would start for me. Sunday morning, it would start for me. I would start anticipating. Yeah. Sunday wow. morning for sure. Sunday morning, I'd be like, oh, Sunday sucks. I mean, now it doesn't matter because this is just one big long day, Aww. month, year, but Sure. You know, I actually look forward yeah. to Mondays right now because then I get to work and talk to my clients again. That's right. And some people actually do start to like the routine and like knowing that they have something to do, right? And that structure. Oh, yeah. But for him and kind of what he was getting to was just not liking a lot of what's ramped up was just on pause and yeah. was out of his head. Yeah. So a lot of things not in his head are exactly. coming back up now. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think so one of the first things you guys talk about is he found out that his girlfriend's friend had died recently. And I guess he ended up finding out that it was right. somebody that she used to date and he didn't know that. And it was this big, freaky, scary twist that got thrown out. And also on the heels of that, then she talked about now she wants to spend more time with her friends at the last minute, a lot of times throw him to this well, quote unquote, throw him right. to the side because I guess now she's like worried because her friend, you know, and how shitty that feels. Yeah. And it, it also, as you're saying, it, it reminds me of that idea of self-fulfilling prophecy, you know, whatever you're looking for, you're going right. to see. So if you're looking for, I'm going to be lied to, I'm going to be abandoned. Then you look at, oh, wants to spend more time with, with her girlfriends, not with me. That's the abandonment. So it's that, you know, confirmation bias. You're going to go, see, I knew it. Right. And it'll feed that, that loop and you'll start to believe that. And I think a lot of that got swirling for him. And so one of the themes in this, you asked him what was going on. You could tell he was starting to get emotional. And then you asked not all the intellectual stuff and, you know, throughout the entire session, you kept saying to him, it's okay. You can cry. You can let your emotions come up. It's Okay. And I wanted to punch you. I was like, oh my God, stop saying that because it would drive me crazy because it would make me become more emotional when someone said that. And that's not what I want. And so in my mind, I was like, okay, Doug, he knows, he knows. You don't have to tell him, right. let him be. Right. Okay. Like, and I wanted to be like, Drew, you don't have to cry. Suck it back up, dude. But I just found myself listening to it cringing because mm -hmm. it's so hard for me to emote sometimes. And when people give me their permission, it does bring it out in me more. So it was a good job, obviously, on your part. Good job. Yay. Yeah, you were cringing and you hated it because it was so yep. effective. And, and that's, that's the thing. You said the key word is giving him permission. You know, he, he hasn't given himself permission uh -huh. to, and no one around like that was one of the, one of the things he said was feeling so lonely and, and scared without that support system, without anybody understanding or validating what he was going right. through. So to be able to just pause and not run away from it and really just be there for it was what it was all about. And I could see him 
and I think you heard me say it, it looked like he was fighting it off. Like he wanted to just suck it up. Like he wanted to push it down, mm-hmm. you know, like he was ready to, uh, okay, let me compartmentalize and move on. Like, no, you know, and a lot of what he was saying too about feeling more raw was because he's never actually gone towards the emotion, had the permission to let it out, to feel it. And that's where, you know, sometimes we say it's going to get worse before it gets better is because you're allowing the emotions to come out and then you get to process them. Right, right. right? And you talked a lot about repeating patterns and connected a lot of stuff to his mom that, well, especially now, now he finds himself wanting to snoop at her phone and he was never like that. And, you know, now that with the girlfriend doesn't trust her and then you're connecting that, he also mentioned how he walked into his girlfriend's and there was like the Tito's bottle sitting there in the exact same way that his mom's was and how safety is so important. And he didn't feel safe with his mom, doesn't feel safe with his girlfriend now. And the thing that like broke my heart was he talks about going to his girlfriend after sessions with you and tries to like effectively share things. And then it kind of almost turns into a fight. So he doesn't and he avoids it. And I was like, oh, oh, boo, boo, like sad. Yeah. And there's something that, you know, I I don't know where it's going to go, but he even said, I don't know if I can do this right now. I need to take care of myself. And he said that a few times. And maybe what he's realizing is he is taking care of himself. And when he's trying to share that and get support from her, he's not getting it. So it's, it's sort of like, you know, we talked about practice, like practicing doing this. I think we used the, the hitting a baseball, right? Oh yeah. You need to practice, get into the batting cage. And it's sort of like, he's, he's going, you know, I'm sure he got something to say about that analogy, but it's, it's that idea <laughs> of, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to practice and it makes me flash on Charlie Brown and the football. Like if he was going to practice kicking a field goal and every time he goes to kick it, Lucy pulls the ball away and he winds up flat on his back. At some point, you got to stop doing that. And what's so literally comical about Charlie Brown is he- Fucking Lucy. Right. He keeps going and trusting that Lucy's going to do it and let him kick the ball and it never happens. So at some point, I think- She's such a bitch. I never really thought about that. (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and Charlie Brown, I mean, was he codependent and just needed Lucy to be there and trusting or was he just, you know, naive? I don't know. I'm not going <laughs> to psychoanalyze Charlie Brown right now, but that idea of, but we should at some point. Right. Right. The practice works when, you know, the people around you are allowing you to practice or practicing with you. If they're, I wouldn't say sabotaging, but if they're not allowing that to happen, then your growth is stunted. Right. Yeah. And he did, you know, talked about, he said he'd been thinking about the pros and cons of their relationship And I was wondering, do you ever have people write stuff like that down? We do a lot of pros and cons in DBT and just in general. And I like having people write down whatever it is, whether it's pros and cons or what do you want to manifest or what is it that partner you want or qualities you want in a partner or that kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. Sometimes we'll do pros and cons and we'll look at something, especially if there's an actual decision that they're trying to make. We might do it as homework, like list all the pros or list all the cons or list pros and cons, however it might be. Part of, you know, I think you'll agree this session was there is no decision to be made right now. Let's just allow this to come up. You know, I even said that to him, like, don't have to make any big decisions right now. When somebody does have a big decision or even a small decision to make, going through the pros and cons and just kind of looking at their decision making process is, yeah, it it can be very effective. And I think, you know, one of the things that he said, which of course I was like, ding, ding, ding. When he said that he said, is it really all worth it? And you just sort of listened. And then, you know, he's like, I mean, I'm not suicidal, but yeah, like, is life really worth it? And so in that situation, do you not have to confirm safety because he made the statement like, I'm not suicidal or because you didn't. I was just looking at that and thinking, huh? You know, you and I work and have worked with clients with much higher acuity. Right. And, you know, there there is sort of like the checklist of safety and, and suicidality that you do look for. With other clients, you know, and with Drew, it's just looking for and getting a sense of where they are. And I think 
you know, when I said to him, I, the thing that he said was, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And I said, what, the relationship or life in general? And he took that cue. I, I purposefully did not use the word suicide yet. I was holding it, was going to, but I wanted to just fish and see where he was. He used the word right away. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that to me was a good sign. A, a client that, right. you know, has a lot of difficulty or doesn't like saying the word. Right. Those sometimes are the clients you do want to use the word and talk about suicide and talk about it more directly and bring it out and open. So you have that level of communication. It wasn't something that, you know, the alarms weren't going off and anything that I thought, well, do I need to touch on this? I tested a little bit and went, oh, no, he's got it. Okay, good. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then he jumped right into sort of just would be nice to be in Canada in a cabin, you know, right. right. get the hell out of here and that he feels really alone. And and then you guys sort of talked about being a, a wreck or a mess versus like being raw, you know, that you can just be raw. It doesn't mean you're a mess. And raw, raw is okay. Raw is vulnerable. Sometimes people you know, they'll say something to us in a very raw or vulnerable place. And they'll go, does that make sense? Or is, is that okay? And the answer is almost always, of course. Yeah, that that's actually where I think we can draw our strength from is to to tap into that that rawness and that vulnerability. And I will say when you threw out, no pun intended, your baseball analogy, I was laughing so hard because I don't really know (laughs) shit about baseball, but you're like, I mean, so can, you know, could you throw a 90 mile per hour fastball? And he's like, yeah. You're like, what? (laughs) He's like, yeah, I played baseball my entire life. I was like, okay. Like, (laughs) and then you were like, blah, 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 whatever guy, could you catch his fucking side hook? I don't know what. And I was just like, "Uh, and now I don't know what you're saying. (laughs) Right, right. Which is great. I love that. And you you thought the car metaphor or analogy worked. This one was brilliant because it really did highlight something very, very specific, which is it just takes a little while to get you know, to get back in the literally swing of things. And it was not throwing a 90 mile an hour fastball. If he could do that, he'd be in the major leagues. It was hitting one. Whatever. Um, which is a Same lot different. thing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, and not at all, but sure. Right. <laughs> and it's, it's something that, I mean, he got instantly, you know, when he was like, yeah, I can hit him 90 mile an hour fastball. No problem. Like what? And then even, you don't have to follow this, but me saying, could you hit a 90 mile right. an hour fastball right now? No, I need practice. Like, no. Yeah. No, exactly. I have to work up to it without Lucy pulling the freaking ball away from you. Yes. And, you know, I think you said something about there's strength in putting words to his feelings. I think you said that. Sounds good. I like it. I'll take it. Right. You also mentioned that guilt is a roadmap to integrity, which we had talked about sort of the gifts of our emotions and what guilt can do. But just that phrase was, oh, mwah. guilt is the roadmap to integrity. So good. Did I say that in this one? I didn't yeah. even remember that. Yeah, you sure did. Yeah, it's, it's one of my stock lines. You know, it, it's true. And, and he and I have talked about it before. You know, he's, he's heard it from me before. It's that it's very simply when you feel guilty about something, not always, but often, when you feel guilty about something, it's because you didn't act the way you wanted to act. Yeah. Great. That means you know how you wanted to act. Exactly. There's the roadmap. Right. And you referred to being selfish as thinking of ourselves. Love that too. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a negative thing. No, not at all. That's one of my favorites for that is the word manipulate. People always think of that as an evil, bad word, and it's not. I mean, if you remember the days of taking silly putty and putting it up against the comic and then pulling it out and like seeing the comic on the silly putty, that's manipulating silly putty or making a shape out of clay. That's manipulating. Totally. It's just changing the shape of something. Yeah, exactly. You talked about how most people don't have the kind of conversations that you guys were having. Most people don't talk in so much depth. And then you said, defend and then offend. I'm, I'm big on the, the, the poetics of it and the rhyming and the alliteration and all that. You sure are. <laughs> we remember it better that way, I think. Yeah, because it, sound, it said, you know, he basically, or I don't remember which one of you, but you talked about how she doesn't validate anything that he talks about for the most part. Yeah. 
it's a very natural reaction to things. If you get called out for something, you're going to defend yourself and try to explain yourself. But by virtue of that, usually unintentionally, but sometimes intentionally too, you will offend the other person, you know, because you're, you're either going on the offensive and attacking them because you feel attacked, which again, very natural, but you're, you're missing something. And I think in healthy relationships or healthier relationships, when we get called out for something, even if you get defensive initially, if you can pause and just go, wait, wait, wait a second. Oh, all right. They might be right. Or let me, let me think about that. Let me look at that. We just often don't take a beat. We just keep reacting and, and interact that way. Right. Right. One of the things that I would wanted to challenge him on. Yeah. So you asked him, what does he need when he's raw? And he said he needs to be able to push them away and then still have them come back towards him and say that they love him. And I loved how you made him over and over and over again, practice literally saying, I need to tell you I'm okay. And I'm, but I'm really not. And I need you to just sit here. And I was thinking like, I don't know, fuck that dude. Like if someone's sitting there, some, my person is sitting there, I'm, I'm totally okay. And then they're like, but I'm really not, but I really just want you to sit here. I'd be like, yeah, I don't know about that. Like it also doesn't have to be a conversation. Like some of what he was saying was like, I, I don't want to talk about it for hours. And it's being able to say, yeah, I'm okay. And recognizing, you know, that your friend or your partner isn't, and you just kind of go, all right, well, you might be okay, but I'm, I'm still going to sit here and, and we're going to have dinner. Or we're going to watch The Office or Parks and Rec or some shit on TV. Like, I'm just going to sit right here next to you. Right. And I guess my question though, is for how often? So if that was like, there was a really shitty thing happening or, you know, there was a death in the family and that was like his general disposition for quite a while. I get that. But in general, when someone is, you know, I'm sure we can all relate to being around someone who's really depressed. And of course they're your person, you're going to be there for them, but for how long are we expected to sit by them no matter what, when they're depressed and don't want to talk and just be there? Yeah, I would say cumulatively uh, 16 hours or four days. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's no number. There's no hard number. No, but you know how it gets like overwhelming to be around someone like that all the time? Yeah, if it's all the time, then that's that's an issue. And if it's some of the time, it might become an issue. It's whether or not you can discuss that issue, you know, and kind of go, Hey, I've noticed you keep saying you're fine. And I, I know you're not, and I'm here for you, but there's something going on and I, it's creating a, you know, a strain on me. And I, I want to figure this out so I can really support you and, and not burn myself out. Right. Right. And whether it's Drew or anybody, I think the important thing is to be able to have these conversations with your person, you know, ahead of time, like you guys were talking about saying, okay, so when I feel like this, here's what I need from you. And it's not to have the conversation when you feel that way. You have the conversation ahead of time in general, when this happens, here's what I need from you. And then that way that person doesn't feel surprised or defensive because they think they did something wrong, you know, to plan ahead. Yeah. And that's, it really is talking about it. So you understand the pattern, you understand what's going on, you understand what they need or want. And a, a pretty sure sign that that's not happening is when one of the partners often says, are you mad at me? Right. Yeah. That's not picking up somebody's cues, right? right. And not, not knowing what they need or what they want. And it's a lot of couples therapy is really helping communication, not necessarily resolving issues, but resolving how issues are discussed. Right. Totally. Well, I'm really looking forward to seeing how this turns out for little Drew Drew. Glad we got to see a vulnerable side of him. Yeah. And it's, it's something, again, that when you have that kind of relationship with a therapist and a client, you feel safer. You can do that. And, and doing that, I think it really is helpful. It's something that he even said that he holds it in so much. He doesn't know how to let it out because he never really has allowed himself to. And a lot of people have that misconception that well, if I let it out, then the floodgates are going to be open and I'm going to be emotional everywhere all the time. And it like, right. no, 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 we do it bit by bit. So it'll be interesting for all of us to hear how it progresses and, and where having gotten some of this out and starting to, to get it out and express it in this way, how it's going to hold and carry with him 
in the next few weeks. Yep, for sure. So stick around and find out. And in the meantime, you can read Meredith's blog on the website at yourmentalbreakdown.com. And you can go to iTunes and rate us and review us. That would really help us. We would appreciate it and you. And we loved hearing from you guys. Yeah. And uh, watch Dougie's Facebook Live. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Join in. We are are everywhere now. (laughs) We are. I know. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.